Welcome to Moments with Deru podcast, season five, and I'm your host, Modoni. This is a space to inspire, encourage, and uplift you. You can join our community by visiting www.momentswithndero.com. Throughout this season, there will be a combination of solo and interview episodes where different thoughts will be shared, and I hope you'll grab a hold of one or two words and apply them into your lives. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest is the Resource Global Nairobi City Director, an organization that aims to teach, mentor, and connect emerging Christian marketplace leaders around the world so they can renew their workplaces and cities for the gospel. He is passionate about raising a global movement of Christian marketplace leaders using their resources to advance human flourishing and multiply gospel impact across all sectors of society. He has worked in both the church and corporate sectors, having studied business and marketing for his undergraduate studies. He started his career running a startup and handling marketing before transitioning to Nairobi Baptist Church, where he worked for nine years as a pastor. He has a master's in biblical studies and theology and is an ordained minister with Nairobi Baptist Church, both inside and outside Resource Global he is now involved with mentoring and discipleship of youth and young professionals with a desire to see them realize their God-given calling in their spheres of influence. Together with his wife, Marion, they run a family enrichment program helping couples with counseling and baby training so that families can live in God's purpose for marriage and parenting. Welcome onto the show, Mwangi. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Madoni. It's a joy to be here. Excited to be able to be on this show with you um, and looking forward to our conversation today. Great. It's an honor to have you. So what's your earliest childhood memory? I often don't know how to answer that because I don't know which ones are true memories and which ones are stories that I remember and now have created a mental picture of them. Um, but I, I think it's Going on a trip to the coast with my parents when I was about three years old or four, thereabouts. Um, nice. I know coast for me is such a strong memory for me in my childhood. It's just like when I was told you're going to Mombasa, I was so excited I would not even sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those. And maybe that's why it's, it's one of the earliest memories because I still have those feelings to date. I love being at the coast. Um, so maybe that's why it got sealed in my mind that early. But yeah, I think that's the earliest I have. Nice. So take us through the journey that you've been on, that you have seen yourself both in the church and corporate sectors. I mean, it's 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 an interesting one. And allow me to start a few steps back. So, um, I mean, all through my high school, I, I enjoyed studying business. Um, out of the many subjects I did not enjoy studying, the one that I actually did was business and commerce and accounting, and I loved doing those. And the time I was finishing my high school, I, I think I was super clear in my mind I wanted to go study business and commerce, and that's what I left and, and did in my undergrad. Um, and I was good at it. I thrived doing it through my undergrad. It came easy. It came natural. I enjoyed it. 
um, through halfway through my undergraduate studies, I began running a business process outsourcing company. We were running a call center and data processing center um, with outsourced work from the US, Australia, Canada. Um, and it was a full jump into the deep sea uh, because I had no knowledge or experience on it. It was landing on the ground. Um, I think it was the most expensive undergrad because I think it was just a learning experience. I'm not, I wouldn't even say we were good at what we did. We tried our best, mm -hmm. but it was a steep learning curve. And I'm not sure it was the right time to have started such a business then. Uh, but I still enjoyed it and had a passion for it. Um, went on to do a bit of marketing and IT. Um, and somewhere along that journey, um, I usually say it's like one day, the, all the passion and excitement I had for business and marketing just vanished um, and then began my transition into the next season of my life. And what prompted you to start the next season of your life? Was it, you know, you started feeling unmotivated? Did you hear God telling you it's time to switch um, careers? What is the process like? I think it was, it was, it, it was highly instigated by feeling unmotivated. Um, I, I remember there were days when I would sit and ask myself, what is it I'm working towards? Um, and I would sit and think, okay, um, I guess the aim is to make good money. And I'd be like, okay, then what? Then make more money, then what? Then make more money. And it was an endless cycle and that left me feeling completely demotivated. Um, I think even that early in my life, I didn't know it then, but there must have been somewhere in me a hunger for greater fulfillment through what I did beyond just making money. Um, and so because I didn't know any better and I had no one that helped me figure out how that can tie in with my marketing, I left. I just couldn't see an answer for it in what I was doing at that time. Um, so I one day woke up, resigned from the job I was in, and I had no plan for my life. Uh, but I didn't enjoy being idle. Um, so I went to the church I was a member of at that time, Nairobi Baptist, and I asked them if I could um, volunteer and give my time helping out in church, and I did. Um, gravitated towards volunteering with the youth, which is what I, I mean, I have always enjoyed being around young people. Um, and about a month into doing it, I found myself one day saying, I really like this. And a small voice in me asked, what if you could do this every day of your life? And I got so excited at the thought of that. Um, next day went, met with my pastor and asked him, what would it take for me to do this every day? Like, if, what if I wanted to do this full time? Um, and they gave me an opportunity. I joined as an intern, um, grew into a trainee and, and later settled in as a pastor in the church. That's amazing. Though I would want to highlight this aspect that, you know, most people might be listening or people might be listening to this conversation and saying that for them to find purpose is for them to, you know, become a pastor or join the church, not to say that the church isn't the place for fellowship and growing their faith. But could you just highlight to them or show them that also the marketplace is another avenue or another place where we can find purpose, that we can find fulfillment. I actually wouldn't say it's another. I would actually say it's one of the primary. I think um, the number of people who will end up being 
pastors are very few in this world. The number of Christians will end up working in a church or as a missionary will be very few. More than 95% of the Christians wound. In fact, I think that is even a smaller percentage. Um, and the reason I said it was sad for me at that time is because no one back then was having a conversation with people like me to help us see how we can still serve God and find purpose and meaning and fulfillment in our work, um, although the work not being in a church space. And so I felt like I either had to choose to either be in a corporate space or a church space. And if I wanted to serve God, I had to let go of the corporate space. But it's been a super enjoyable journey over the last three years about since I began learning more about what it means to integrate our faith and our work. Um, and this has been extremely exciting because it's, it's taken me on a journey of seeing what God's view of work is. Um, and this starts for me from Genesis, where God chooses to start the Bible with an account of he himself working, which is super interesting because he didn't have to. He didn't have to start the, the story with him working, but he chooses to do so. And it shows, I guess it, it serves as an example for us that work is not something that's termed out of sin. It's not something that is evil, but it's something that God who didn't have to work chose to work. And therefore it has great meaning and purpose for us. And then he, he goes ahead and creates us in his image, uh, meaning we are in the image of a working God. So work in and of itself is good. It's, it's not something that came after introduced into the picture. It's something God chooses to do. We are created in his image and can and should do it. Um, and therefore it offers such great fulfillment and purpose for us if only we can just get the chance to see uh, what it is God wants us to do in that space. I like how you've said, integrate our faith and work. Take us through that. Someone might be listening to this and wondering how do they integrate their faith in what they're doing? And it's not a option of either or, but it's both and. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's, I think the, one of the biggest injustices has been the fact that we have been made to separate our faith from almost all aspects of our life. We've been made to separate our faith from our parenting, um, from our relationships, from our work, um, from, from all the aspects of our life, yet faith is meant to come alive in each of those. And one of the biggest is work. I mean, most of us will work for somewhere north of 90,000 hours in our lives. And it's other than in our beds, it's the next place to the biggest chunk of the percentage of our lives. And there has to be something amazing God wants us to do with that space. Um, but it starts from us having the right, for us to integrate our faith and work, we, we need to start by having the right view of it, the right lens of it. Um, and I think the first is not seeing it as evil or as simple. I think many of us, our greatest dream is to make enough money that we can never work again. You know, I want to retire by 40 and buy an island and mm -hmm. sleep and enjoy coconuts for the rest of my life. I mean, everyone has that great dream. Um, but if we begin seeing it the way God sees it, where he created a world where Adam and Eve were working even before they sinned, then we need to begin seeing that there's a greater purpose for work beyond just making money. There's something else God wants us to do. Um, God has created a world in which, you know, it's through work that we produce, that we thrive. Um, I mean, plants, animals, all of them are working. Our bodies, if you today slept on a bed without doing anything for 
X number of days, your muscles wither, you'll get skin sores, and eventually you'll get ill and die. Because we are created to be in movement, to be in productivity, to be in work. Um, but the second thing is, is being able to see work as having dignity. I think the reason we are unable to integrate our faith into our work is because we don't see it as a valuable space. We don't see dignity in it. You know, in Africa, there's that joke that goes around where you're either a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or or disappointment. Um, <laughs> and many, many of us fall in the disappointment category because we ended up in fields that were not the top five, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all work has immense dignity because we were created to work. And for as long as you're doing work, as long as you're doing something, being productive, being useful, then there is dignity in what you're doing and it has great worth for God. Um, and I think that mindset allows us to begin seeing how then God can come into our space because we see it as a space God values, but as a space that also we can be of value and of benefit to what he's doing around. I've always said it's interesting how Jesus did come into the world um, in a high-flying career. He came in as a carpenter, which even then was not a high-flying, big-paying career. Um, yet he still found great dignity in such a low-paying, low-level position. Um, and we ought to begin seeing what dignity in whatever work we will be in. Many of us struggle to integrate our faith and our work because we view jobs we're in or positions we're in as transitions. Mm. Um, and so we are, we will only see dignity when we finally arrive at our dream job, you know, that job that aligns with all the goals I had and all the purposes I had and all the things I've been hoping to accomplish. That's when we will see like this value in it and maybe see how our faith can come alive in it. But that's not true. Any task we do, anything we put our hands to ought to be of value and of use to those around us and of benefit um, for, for God's work. Um, and I think seeing that will also highly begin changing how our view of what we should mean to integrate our, our faith and, and our work. Um, and the other thing would be realizing that, you know, when God created the world, he didn't finish. I mean, it was, he did a good job. It was a complete world, but then he put man in the garden and he told us to um, cause the earth to be fruitful and continue to multiply, meaning we were meant to continue with the work of causing this earth to thrive, grow, multiply, be productive. Um, and when we see that, then it means in each of our roles, with every sort of work we are doing, then we are continuing with that mandate that was given in Genesis, which means then our work becomes worship. And well, I mean, the first time I realized that work can be worship, it completely changed what it means to integrate faith into work. Often when we hear about faith and work integration or people talking about marketplace ministry, we think about, you know, I need to put a Bible on my desk. I need to start a prayer meeting in my organization. I need to start a Bible study in my organization. Those are not bad things. And I'm not saying it, people shouldn't do those things. But how does, if I'm an accountant on an Excel sheet today, what does this Excel sheet have to do with God? How does me adding numbers into this Excel sheet um, bring any form of value to this world? And when we realize that our work, our entering of those numbers, our being a teacher, our whatever role you play in this world, is worship to God, then it begins, you begin seeing that 
integration of faith and work is not even that complex. It's just allowing God into that space because it's a space he's put you in. Um, worship is when we give God the worth that he deserves, um, when we are able to, to glorify God and bring worth to him through what we do. Um, and when we work, it gives joy to God, and therefore it's, it's an act of worship. Um, when we work, it's, it's an obedience to a command that God has given us to be fruitful, and therefore it's worship to God. Um, it gives worth to him. It, 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 it causes the world to continue according to how God had ordained it to be done. And so I think people just need to change and begin seeing in Scripture what God has already laid out. And, and it completely changes our view of work and allows you, even in a job where you're not happy, you're not finding fulfillment per se, as per what people call fulfillment, it allows you to find joy in it. Because, you know, even in this task that is not what I would hope to be doing, God finds joy in it. Therefore, I can find joy in doing it for him and find fulfillment through that. Um, there's a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, the work of Beethoven and the work of a woman selling charcoal becomes spiritual on precisely the same condition, that of being offered to God, of being done humbly as to the Lord. Um, doesn't mean that it's a toss-up whether one should you know, sweep rooms or compose symphonies. A mole must dig to the glory of God and the cock must grow to the glory of God. Um, and and it, 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 I think the more we begin seeing it this way, the more Christians can begin finding purpose, meaning in their work, because then it's not about us or necessarily the task we're doing. Not that we shouldn't strive for those jobs that we've always dreamt of or want to do, but even when we are not in those roles or when we are in them, what does doing them as, as an act of worship to God, you know, look like for us? I feel like I've rambled on and on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm listening to you and I'm just like, yes, he's nailing things on the head. It makes so much sense, honestly, because he gave us a mandate to be fruitful. And as you've mentioned, we're all waiting for that moment when we will be fruitful. When in fact, it's right now, this present moment that we're being called to be fruitful, to be obedient wherever we are, instead of waiting for that perfect moment to be fruitful. So I truly appreciate your thoughts. Now you work at this organization that you know, seeks to teach, mentor and connect emerging Christian marketplace leaders, marketplace leaders. Now, a young person comes to you and you know, probably they've had this conversation or they haven't had this conversation and they're really lost and they're trying to figure out how to start their careers or how to integrate their faith in their work. How do you guide them and how do you encourage them to just be obedient wherever they are? I think it's one, in helping them see that integration of your faith in work doesn't mean you stop doing anything you've been doing. Um, if we believe, there's a term that I think has caused a lot of confusion amongst Christians, and that is calling, because we have reserved that term for people in our church space. Yes. Um, that they have been called, you know, I remember when I switched to church, um, to working in the church space, and my friends would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. did you hear a voice from God? Hey, you, you've been called. You must have, you know, because there's, there's, there's a sense to which it's held with higher reverence. And I'm not here to downplay the, the, the weight that it is there in being a, a pastor or working in the church. 
But if calling means that God is the one who has told you to play a certain role, then every single person, if we believe that it's God who opens any door, any opportunity, any job you will ever be in, good or bad, it's God who opens the door, then that means it is God who has called you to be in that job, right? And therefore, all of us have to take work with a sense of calling. And so my first response to this, to anyone who comes and is trying to figure out how to integrate faith and work is, one, integrating of your faith and work means you keep doing what you're doing. It doesn't mean you stop. It doesn't mean you switch careers. It doesn't mean you find a job that, you know, as people say, has higher purpose or meaning or higher spiritual value. It's in doing what you are doing because the mere fact that you have that job means it's God who's put you there. Things don't happen by coincidence. God is in control of everything. And therefore, it's God who has put you there. So the other question to ask yourself is, why has he put me there? And what can I do for him in this space I'm in? With the influence, with the skills, with the people I have around me, how can I, how can I lead those spaces, those people, those conversations? And, and this I would tell even to an intern, you know, you will talk to people, you will have tasks, you'll have, how can I use the tasks I do, the conversations I have, to influence them for God. Um, and, and I think that's where it would begin from, being able to help people see it that way. Um, you know, Martin Luther said, the maid who sweeps her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who prays, not because she may sing a song, uh, sing a Christian hymn as, a, as she sweeps, but because God loves clean floors. Christian shoemakers, you know, don't do their Christian duty by putting little crosses on shoes but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Today, if, if you had a major toothache, I guarantee you, you will not be looking for a Christian dentist. You'll be looking for a good dentist yes. because at the point of your toothache, it doesn't matter whether someone is a Christian or not. You want your tooth fixed. Yes. And, and the problem is we, we have forgotten that as, as Christians. We have forgotten that the first step in our integration of our faith and work is in our doing of our work and doing it excellently so that we can continue to have a voice in those spaces that God has put us in. We can continue to have influence in those spaces that God has put us in. Continue to leverage the skills, the talents that God has given us to see how to use them for him. Um, but the other thing would be to help people see that, you know, their work is ministry, that in each job we do, we are coming alongside what God is already doing in that space and joining him in what he's doing, which makes it ministry that there is no space, even if you are the literal only Christian in your organization, God was already in that organization and was already doing something. And our role is to join him in what he's doing, in the conversations he wants us to have, in the culture changing and culture shaping he wants us to be a part of, in fighting for justice that he wants us to do, and in being excellent and shining a light in a dark space. And that can happen in literally any industry and any space that God puts us in. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense. I, I, you know, even the English has gone. It makes total sense. <laughs> because you have this notion where if someone, if a Christian and someone who's not a Christian sits in front of someone who wants to hire them or to, uh, to procure their services, you know, unfortunately, there's this um, notion going around, they wouldn't hire the Christian, because the Christian um, is slack, the Christian doesn't come with great skills, the Christian doesn't come with excellence. And I think it's very important that you touched upon that, that we 
are called to join God in these organizations or in these spaces, but we need to do it with excellence. We need to do it with the relevant skills and leverage on that and also be an influence in those spaces, not just do mediocre work and be average and just say, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm still a Christian. So, so I truly appreciate those thoughts. And it's, it's so true. I mean, when I was in high school, I remember I really struggled with joining the Christian Union because most of the people who were there um, really didn't do well in their studies. And I couldn't comprehend why they claim to be Christians but are not putting effort in their Christianity, in their work, which is why they came to school in the first place. And, and so I think that's the same thing we need to remind ourselves as Christians. The first space in which you'll be able to help people see God in you is through excellent work. Yeah. Being so good at what you do and so loving to the people around you and so concerned about the people you will engage with and the culture you are creating that people cannot help but see the God that is causing you to be that way. Yes, yes. If your younger self was seated across you right now, what would you tell him? Oof, I think the first thing, what age? Which age? It, the answer would depend on which age. You pick the age. You pick the age. <laughs> so if I was speaking to... My younger self at 23, finishing university and starting, continuing to grow, try and grow his business or start off work. Um, I think for me, it would be trying to help him understand this conversation I'm having and trying to help, help him see the passion and the gifting you have for business is not wrong, is not an accident. And the desire you have in your heart for something greater than just monetary gain is also not wrong. And those two don't have to be separate. I would help him see how, how he can leverage the spaces he's in for, for God. Uh, but if I was speaking to my younger self in uni, I think I'd tell him to, as much as he's having so much fun, to not waste opportunities. I look back at my uni and I never engaged much in networking and being in clubs or spaces where I would learn more. And I mean, what I did is my studies and then had fun. Um, and I look back and I'm like, I think that was a missed opportunity to, to learn to build networks, to learn to grow, study, learn, engage, be in spaces that are challenging me more. Um, that's what I'd, I'd encourage him to do. That's so important. And I hope someone is holding on to those words. So now we're entering a round of random questions. I'll ask you some questions. Okay. Share what comes to mind. So the first one is, how can you tell that someone has a sense of humor? Oh, <laughs> one is that they laugh at their own jokes. Um, two is that they can take a diss. Uh, and three, there's just something about people's tone when they're speaking and facial expressions that just, Looks like they're carrying a light load in life. I like that. What's your favorite movie? Anything Marvel. The whole Avengers series. All of it. I am a Marvel junkie. So anything and everything Marvel. If you had $10 million right in front of you, what would you do with it? $10 million. That is how many Kenya shillings? That is a billion Kenya shillings? Yeah. Is it? Um... Oof, what would I do with a billion Kenyan shillings? First, I'd go on a 
really long holiday and enjoy the world more than me. I wouldn't even use a lot of it, but first I'd just go. So I'd take time to process that I have a billion shillings. So I'd yes. take off like a million to just go and bum and then tour the world and enjoy and see things and eat good food. Then when I've calmed down, so that now I'm not misused my money, um, I think I'd try to figure out how this money can have impact. You know, there's of course those wise things to be told where invest a big portion of it so that it can continue to grow and multiply. So all those things, I'll do all those wise things. But I think my bigger thing would be how can, you know, what does God want me to impact the world around me with this money? Um, yeah. It's nice. not a very deep answer, sorry. No, no, we're not looking for deep, whatever comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you could interview a famous person, who would you choose? Wow. Um, I could interview a famous person. Who would I? Ooh. Top of mind right now, Steph Curry, simply because I'm following the NBA playoffs right now and he plays for the team I support, the Warriors, and I would love to know what their plan is for game three of the Warriors versus the Grizzlies. Sorry to become a sports junkie, but that's who I'd interview right now. So so just to ride on this um, sports junkie-ness of yourself, what, what are your thoughts on the current <laughs> F1? Ooh, I am kind of starting to get excited because I support Max and I know the rest of Kenya will kill me for saying I support Max Verstappen, <laughs> seeing as everyone in Kenya is a Lewis Hamilton fan. Um, and I'm happy that we're beginning to get some wins under our belt, but I'm still scared of Ferrari this season. They seem to have gotten their act together. So I think it'll be an exciting season. Let's see how it goes. Nice. So in closing, is there anything else that you'd want to share with the listeners? Um, I think I would, I'd like to encourage um, people to, to have more spaces for conversation about how to find more meaning in their work. And, and how to find more purpose in the work. And I'd encourage people, the Bible is so rich. I mean, I couldn't even start getting into it. It's so rich with stories and theology around work that Christians don't get to talk about, don't get to engage with, don't get to, to spend time thinking through. Um, so I'd encourage people to get into those spaces, begin having those conversations. Don't let work be a sad thing that you're trying to escape. Don't let work be a place that you go only to, you know, grind it out and make money at the end of the day. It's, you spend too many hours there for it to simply be that. Mm -hmm. um, let's have more conversations for how we can have greater impact, meaning fulfillment from what we're doing. I like that. So I want to appreciate you for coming on to the show. Thank you so much. It was my joy, Mothani, to be here. It's been a lot of fun having this conversation with you. I hope the listeners get to enjoy it as much as I have. So dear listeners, I hope you picked up one or two words from this conversation. For me, it's work is worship and work is ministry. So wherever you find yourselves, just know you are there for a purpose. Just plug in and do what you need to do with excellence and just continue shining your light. So until the next episode, continue being brave. Thank you.